0: The We're sorry, the number
1: you defiled is not in service at this time. Welcome to the Tale of the Tape! It's the pound for pound, undisputed kings. It's the tale of the tape, time to enter the ring. Boxing knowledge dropped by Kenny and Vin. It's the sweet science by the diehard fan. Manny and Floyd, Triple G and the rest, like an overhand right from Crusher left. The tale of the tape on theboxingrank.com. It's the pound for pound, undisputed kings. It's the tale of the tape, time to enter the ring. The tale of the tape on theboxingrank.com. Back to the tale of the tape. What up, what up, fight fans, and welcome back to the Pound for Pound King of Boxing podcasts, the Tale of the Tape. I'm your host, Kenny Keith, and back with me as always, Vince Cummings.
0: What's going on, brother? Final preview of 2015. A busy damn year, wasn't it? Absolutely, man. There
1: was more fights than I can remember in any
0: year prior.
1: Um, and we head into 2016 with a lot of questions still up in the air that we will try to address and answer here as we wind down 2016. But for today, it's episode 93, and we get to preview a pretty loaded HBO card with a nice heavyweight scrap to kick things
0: off. Yeah, all uh, all solid fights up and down that card, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be great, man.
1: I'm looking forward to diving into that preview. Plus, we have one quarter of the middleweight title will be on the line as Irish Andy Lee squares off against Billy Joe Saunders from Manchester, England. That'll be a good one. Liam Smith makes his first 154-pound defense of his title um, and a little bit of action here and there. Top prospect Jojo Diaz back in the fold trying to close 2015 on a strong note, some news and notes. But before we get to today's preview edition of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on episode 93. I just want to remind all of you out there to subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Just click this link right here, right here, this one. Click it. (laughs) Click this one. Click. Um, And subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. It's much appreciated. You can find the audio version of the Pound for Pound King of Boxing Podcasts on iTunes per usual um, if you haven't subscribed to that yet, go ahead and get on it. You can find the audio version also on Spreaker and Stitcher. And of course, all of the great links and information, everything is at TheBoxingRant.com. But be sure to subscribe to The Boxing Rant YouTube channel. We have a loaded schedule to close 2016. We have a prospect of the year, along with the top 10 prospects, countdown to close 2015 going to 2016 Uh, updated countdown of the Boxing Rant Pound for Pound list. We have a bunch of other awards to get to. Um, It's going to be loaded. We are going to bring you episode after episode until we get to the kickoff of 2016 with a heavyweight title defense as Deontay Wilder steps back into the ring. So before that, uh, plenty of videos coming your way.
0: What a perfect way to kick off 2016, too, with old Deontay. Give us a wild one.
1: Yeah, it'll definitely be a wild one, that's for sure. Um, that is for sure. So in the meantime, again, subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. All right, man, let's go ahead and get right to this. Before we get to the previews, um, let's get to the biggest story right now in boxing the last couple of days here as Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin have been on the minds of the boxing universe, um, writers, uh, diehard fans, everybody that's ever heard of these guys chiming in. Weighing in, giving their two cents on this entire thing. Um, initially, um, the WBC had stated that immediately after Canelo was done with Cotto that he had 15 days to negotiate with Gennady Golovkin. And then apparently the WBC forgot about Thanksgiving. Did you hear about that one? <laughs> no, I didn't hear that excuse. Yeah, yeah they said, uh, yeah, um, we forgot that it was going to be Thanksgiving, so um, we're going to go ahead and extend this again. So then, you know, these talks are going and going and going. The WBC says that they are, uh, you know, in good, in good spirits of the negotiation. Golden Boy and K2 both, uh, you know, have the same agenda to try to get this thing done. Right. That they were going to extend it. And the outcome being the WBC has agreed to allow Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin an interim bout with the two of them to tentatively meet on the Mexican Independence Day weekend in September of 2016, uh, before we get to some of the outside perspectives on this fence, what are your thoughts? All, all that, all the BS leading up to it aside, right? Okay, right. That's all boxing politics. um How do you feel about these two getting interim bouts and then potentially uh, meeting in September?
0: Well, I think the whole thing with the interim bout bit is it's really not for Golovkin. I think. Glovkin is kind of just saying, hey, if that's what you need, I'll, I'm I'm ready. If that's what's going to take to get this deal done, you give Canelo his look. He doesn't want to lose his belt right after he got it, man. Right, right. That's how I feel. I mean, they just it's a shame for a guy to finally get a belt that he's been going after and have to give it up right away. And look, is it that big of a deal? I mean, really? They've they're they've agreed to fight next year. Mm-hmm. Most big fights aren't made nine, ten months in advance, and you know they're coming. There's going to be a lot of build-up time for this. They're both going to take probably pretty easy fights in the interim. So, look, I think it's great, man. I, I I wasn't pressed to have it on my plate right away anyways.
1: No, neither was I. You know, look, I understand from one perspective why they ran right into the David Lemieux fight because from Golovkin's point of view, they needed something. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. they, they needed a big fight, and if that meant... That they were going to overpay David Lemieux to get him in the ring to go ahead and uh, and 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 make the fight happen and acquire one more piece of the middleweight um, unification, then I you know I, I completely understand that. Looking back on it now, it actually probably would have made more sense to build to build Lemieux into more of a monster in the eyes of the public. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that the first mistake they made was not by televising the Hassan Endom fight because if they televised that. Um, that you get two back-to-back Lemieux fights on HBO, potentially one more big Lemieux fight on HBO, Yeah, turn this guy into a monster, and then that fight even becomes bigger. And I think they sell more, uh, more pay-per-views along the way. Um, you know, the 150,000, I think, was that... I expected 300,000. I think the reason it did 150,000 was because it was just kind of, like, thrown at us.
0: Yeah, uh, nobody knew David Lemieux. You're right. It definitely would have been a smart thing to, to build him up more. I almost feel like in that fight that Lemieux forced Golden... Like, he wanted that fight and forced Golden Boy into it. I think he thought he had a chance to take down the monster, and he was, he was wrong, way wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's definitely... Uh, everybody had their hand in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's no doubt about it. So I think them going into a fight that's even bigger with a megastar like Canelo involved, I think it's pretty... While I, I speculated that it could possibly happen in May, and a lot of people did, dude, at the end of the day, this is the smartest thing for this fight because it's just going to get the, the banter and the conversation and the build-up to this thing is going to be so, so insane, dude. Yeah, I, I really, I mean, I,
0: there's backlash coming out from this. I, I don't get it. That doesn't make any sense. How many times have we had to wait and wait and wait, and you don't even hear anything about a fight? We know this is pretty much a formality, and it's 10 months from now, not even. So, just relax.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. And then, of course, I don't know, a guy that I I, I don't even follow anymore because of just how unbelievably out of touch with the actual realities of the sport and just a skewed perspective that has now been tainted um, and it, it got tainted early in in 2015 with some of just the absolutely blatant and ridiculous uh, public relations pieces that Kevin Ioli put out on behalf of Premier Boxing Champions, and then coming to the rescue and the defense during that crazy day of Twitter banter, the day of Mayweather-Pacquiao, defending Mayweather Promotions, yeah, about the about the press credentials and basically being like their liaison on Twitter. And it was just, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I, I honestly cannot stand Kevin Ioli's articles. I think no. he, I think he's a joke of a writer. I think that he's a cop out. He 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 dodges all the important stories and issues with the platform that he has. You know, Dan Ray feels pretty bad at it. Like he picks and chooses what he wants to really go all in on. Right. But Kevin Ioli is far
0: worse. Oh my god! Two
1: biggest platforms out there for boxing, and this guy doesn't use it. To its fullest potential. He could have so much memorable impact on the sport just by where he sits Mm -hmm. and decides not to. So he comes out with this article and it starts like this in response to the WBC granting the interim bouts. It's a sad day in boxing. (laughs) Vin, are you okay? I'm
0: okay. You sure? Yeah, I'll be okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: I've, I, dude, I, that's why I had my hat on and my glasses. I just my eyes were, were so red from crying all day. You know what I mean? I just was like, I, I just. It's been sad. It's been tough. Yeah, it has, man. It's been tough. I had to put my gun in the safe. You know, <laughs> my wife was worried. It's tough. Oh Jesus. Um, he goes on to say the WBC on Monday came to a compromise and said it would allow Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin to each take interim bouts before facing each other for the middleweight title in the fall. Okay. We know this, right? Yeah. Representatives from Golden Boy Promotions, Alvarez, K2, Golovkin, they sounded okay with Mauricio Suleiman's decision. Suleiman said in May, like we had discussed, uh, uh, after Alvarez defeated Kirkland, uh, Golovkin, Monroe, that he would allow the Alvarez Cotto fight to go on, right? Mm-hmm. Made sense. Nobody griped. Bitch complained about it. We've been waiting for Alvarez Cotto since the year prior. Yeah. Right? Um, and as long as they agree to what we discussed that fifteen days, <clears throat> and Kevin Ioli goes on to proclaim, as is often the case in boxing, it was a bunch of bull. This is enough to make one want to give up on the sport and quit watching it 's a bad day, a very bad day. You know what,
0: Kevin Ioli? you gave up on the sport of boxing a long time ago, my friend. What, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, like what the hell, man? What, I, don't, I don't even understand where you, where you get off writing a piece about this. There's so many other stories and fights in boxing that have just dragged us through the dirt before it even happened, and this is what he's going to talk about. Yeah, this is this is where he takes his stand. Yeah, I mean, literally,
1: just a few days ago, we had a junior welterweight miss weight by eleven pounds. Right, we had a a kid miss weight by eleven pounds, and then the same organization paid a retired fighter who had retired twice to come out of retirement, and they paid him two hundred thousand dollars to continue the fight at junior middleweight. Just a year ago, Omar Figueroa was the one hundred and thirty-five pound champion. Yeah, he he was the the WBC lightweight champion. Okay, this kid misses weight by 11 pounds, has a notorious habit of being a hardcore partier, just like Julio Cesar Chavez. Yep. Right? 25 years old, stepping in the ring, looking just like a a, a flabby old man. Yeah. And dangerously, Antonio DeMarco is brought up to this weight class, and they pay him, they bribe him to continue on with this fight. And this is what this guy decides to write about. He's calling this enough. The decision by the WBC to grant interim bouts for the biggest fight of 2016, which would only be a four-month delay from May to September, is enough to make someone want to give up on the sport and quit watching. You know what, Kevin Ioli? Just quit your job. Quit your job. Write about something you like. Yeah, honestly. If you're going to write this, uh, if if you're going to cry travesty, and become all righteous about this, this fight would not even be possible of being made if it wasn't for the WBC. No. If the WBC wasn't there making these these people negotiate, you honestly think Canelo Alvarez would even consider taking this fight right now?
0: No, I think it'd be 2017 before you
1: saw this fight. And that would be a stretch. He would try to push Golovkin into old age before he before he faced it. Exactly. So if it's not for the WBC, this doesn't even happen. Yep. And he's and he's he, he's 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 saying that we should quit watching boxing. We should all fall into a, just a depress everybody go jump off a bridge. Yeah. Ke- Kevin Ioli has had it. Well, you know what? I have had it with Kevin Ioli. And wow. I've ha- I've had it with these boxing writers that that this is what they choose to shit on the sport about.
0: Yeah, it's it's a complete friggin' joke, man. I mean, I, I lost respect for Ioli I was last year sometime when writing an article about Manny Pacquiao uh, giving him shit for playing pickup basketball before his fight. Hey, say, yeah, well, uh, risking he... injury and dude, he he fucking spars. Yeah. He you get you get hurt walking your doggy, Ken. Yeah. What the hell is he talking about? Oh
1: man. Uh, this is just This was the most uncalled-for piece of rubbish, and the only reason I came across this article was because somebody that I follow on Twitter retweeted it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would have never came across this, but I'm glad we
0: did. Yeah, I I haven't searched for an Ioli article since then.
1: No, because he writes 100% unadulterated garbage. Yeah. Garbage. He goes on to say, Alvarez is the biggest star and has the influence here, and there were plenty of mixed signals being thrown on November 21st, after Alvarez defeated Cotto to win the belt, promoter Oscar De La Hoya, who repeatedly talks about the best facing the best, waffled when pressured by Yahoo Sports about
0: whether Golovkin would be next. Who gave us the best fights of the year this year? Like, who put the, the most action, best, best fighter versus best fighter fights on this year? Oscar De La Hoya. Okay. Not even close. Not even close. Alvarez flexed his biceps when asked
1: about Golovkin, which was supposed to mean he's not afraid. And to be perfectly clear, I don't believe he is. But never did he once come out and say that he wants Golovkin next. Except, actually, he did um, in the post-fight of the the Cotto fight. So, he did. On Monday, the WBC announced that it had worked out this agreement, right, for this presumed fall fight. Um, At the November 21st news conference, De La Hoya announced that Alvarez would fight in 2016, two Mexican holidays. We knew this. With Floyd out of the way, he was going to take back the Mexican holidays. Exactly. But this is boxing, and not all goes well, Vin. Longtime Ohio State football coach Woody Hayes notoriously disliked the passing game and would say that when a team passed, three things could happen and two of them were bad. Let's let's quote Woody Hayes. <laughs> what the hell man. <laughs> Who the fuck is Woody Hayes? <laughs> and the same is true in boxing. In the perfect scenario, they each win spring bouts and then meet on September seventeenth. That would be the only good scenario, though. One or both of them could be injured and force po- postponement or cancellation of the bout. Or one or both of them could lose, and the fight would lose a great deal of, of significance.
0: Now, now, how often do fights get canceled from injuries? It's pretty rare. Uh, it Cancelled? Oh, extremely yeah. rare. Postponed? Post- yeah. I mean, look, if somebody gets injured, they, gets in- they get injured. It's postponed. Big deal. You can get injured, doing, like you said, doing anything.
1: Yeah. Doing no. it, You could do it. You get injured stretching during your first day of training or your last day of training. Exactly.
0: It's such a just a terrible argument on his on his half. He, man.
1: Dude, he cherry picks randomness to be able to make points that in the grand scheme with somebody that that, that has perspective on the sport and can write about the sport in context yeah. would completely dismiss. Yeah. Golovkin promoter Tom Loeffler told the Los Angeles Times his his side has no problem waiting. For a big fight like this, Tom Loeffler says, and when you look at how long some of the other big fights uh, take to get made, it's not that long. Gennady has a guarantee to fight Canelo in the fall, or he'll have the WBC belt, so that seems like a good deal to take. Yeah. Sounds like a good deal to me. Yeah, I would have signed that deal. <laughs> Getting the WBC belt if Alvarez doesn't fight Golovkin in the fall may be a good thing for Golovkin in K2, but it's not such a great uh, alternative for the fans. The fans want the fight. They're two of the best, most exciting fights in the sport. Yeah, we do want the fight, but we'll be okay until until September. We'll be okay
0: building this, building this fight up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I only must not have been satisfied with his breakfast or lunch that he had before this article.
1: <laughs> What's baffling to me is I don't hear any articles complaining about the just ridiculous schedule of pbc nonsense why all
0: year long why didn't he choose to write an article about uh deontay wilder fighting another stiff
1: yeah for his third
0: yeah third defense
1: third voluntary defense in a row yeah no nothing about that no because dude he's a he's a he's a he's a pbc publicist it's it's ridiculous this man. is this is a a this is an attack on Whoever is not involved in the PBC mm-hmm. is what this is. This is trying to minimize something, is what this is. He says, I couldn't care less about the belts, and neither should you. Um, regardless of what you think about the WBA, the WBO, the IBF, the WBC, I don't see any of the other sanctioning bodies forcing mandatories like the WBC does. No. The WBC forced this mandatory situation. They made Kovalev the mandatory to Adonis Stevenson to try to force the hands of these promoters to make the fight. I don't see this happening. Where's your article about the WBA just randomly picking this person and that person? This has nothing to do with that.
0: He didn't write anything about Broner getting that
1: handed out belt, did he? Who knows? Who cares? Who cares? You should want to see Alvarez and Golovkin standing across from each other in the ring as soon as possible, Vin. Being satisfied seeing Golovkin handed the WBC belt because Alvarez fight didn't occur at the right time is no benefit for a fan. I'm out, dude. I'm done.
0: <laughs> Fucking guy, uh,
1: They're not n- negotiating a nuclear test ban treaty. They're, de- they're, they're negotiating a boxing match, for goodness sake.
0: <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, dude. This guy's a joke, man. He's a complete joke. I, I, you know what? If there is just this, this this,
1: random chance that a Yahoo executive just stumbled upon this podcast,
0: you know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't even know if they know what this guy's writing. No, come on. He, could, he gets away with whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Yahoo's tracking their the, three boxing articles a month.
1: <laughs> they don't even know they have a boxing yeah, page. Like, oh, yeah, he still works here.
0: <laughs> Kevin Ioli's the guy from Office Space. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a stapler and put him in the basement. <laughs> oh, man.
1: oh, man, he says the bottom line is is uh, is don't believe a thing a promoter says your heart will be broken on Saturday at the Turning Stone Casino in Verona, New York. Golden Boy is promoting a doubleheader that will be televised by HBO with heavyweights Brian Jennings and Luis Ortiz. Have no doubt that if Ortiz wins, De La Jolla will mention new heavyweight Tyson Fury's name and say that Ortiz is looking to fight the best. But as you can tell by what has occurred in the talks with Alvarez Golovkin, what a promoter says and what he does are two very different things. This guy literally just took his top middleweight champion. And at the, as soon as he won the belt, he threw him in with boxing's boogeyman.
0: Yeah. That is the dumbest fucking quote I have read this year. Oh, and it's it's a shock that a fighter is going to win and call out the number one fighter in the division. That, they, that, they never do that, right? That's never happened before. Yeah. Holy shit, I've oh.
1: never heard that. That's crazy
0: talk. Only uh, De La Hoya fighters do that.
1: <laughs> this guy's a... F-
0: man. Unbelievable, man.
1: Unbelievable. Believable Boxing fans need to demand more from the promoters. Who knows what level of opponent either Alvarez or Golovkin will take. There aren't a lot of compelling opponents out there, for Golovkin in particular. So the fact that he's going to fight in the spring and not take on Alvarez uh, almost certainly means they'll go after one of the division's lesser fights. Perhaps Loeffler will work to pair Golovkin with Danny Jacobs, the new WBA champion. Excuse me. <laughs> WBA Tier 2 champion. Junior varsity champion. (laughs) Um, Hey, Kevin, I know you haven't been watching the sport uh, recently. I know you've been writing fluff pieces on Conor McGregor, but um, Gennady Golovkin is the WBA champion. Okay? Okay, Kev? (laughs) But there are plenty of roadblocks to that, starting with the fact that Al Heyman handles Jacobs and would want the fighter on Premier Boxing Champions. Golovkin is under an exclusive contract with HBO. No matter how it plays out, Vin, Unless Alvarez and Golovkin and their representative change courses and meet on May 7th, only one thing is certain. The fans will
0: be the losers again. Uh, no. No, I won't be. I'm perfectly fine with it, and this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I mean, that, come on, man. That is the biggest joke article that I have seen. And I, I I don't even, like, where are you? What is your basis for this? hey it just makes absolutely no sense. The guy is just picking sides and and picking arguments that make absolutely no sense. Just dude retire. You retire, sir. Hand in your pen, hand in your laptop. Get the hell out of here. We don't this garbage is I'm sorry. People who watch the sport and know like me and you, we can see right through this bullshit, man. Dude, our listener base is going to have a
1: time with this. Oh, of course. They are going to completely. I, I, I'm, I'm glad we did. Then they don't have to go and sit and read it yeah. and, and and just get so unbelievably flustered at the idiocy that 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 is this entire concept. That is one of the biggest problems in this sport today. That's why one of the biggest reasons why we started this show. We love previewing fights. Mm-hmm. You know, we love watching the fights. And 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 we love you know playing analyst and learning more about the sport and just trying to put on a, bet, a better show with each and every episode. Right. You know what I mean? This right. is, it's a it's a hobby. It's fun. We have a, a really nice, respectable size audience all around the world that tune in to listen to honest conversation. Whether you agree or disagree with what we say about this sport, one of the biggest problems that I have with this entire sport of boxing is the cowardice of the boxing media. Yeah. They are Generally speaking, there are a handful of respected boxing journalists out there that legitimately go out and they try to find the best stories. But what boxing journalism has tur- turned into is a gigantic public relations company. It's a PR firm, and all they do is – dude, I get the emails all the time. I get the emails all the time from Golden Boy, from Top Rank, all of the PR stuff that literally most boxing writers take, and they cut and paste on to their article yep. and then they put their name on it like they just wrote something unique you know there there have been boxing writers that have tried to go after the important stories you saw the the freaking firestorm that Thomas Hauser stirred up with the whole Tui issue with the with the IVs with Floyd Mayweather and yep. the relationship with Usada you saw what that did I mean that stirred the stirred the call that made people uncomfortable my friend. Yeah, and that's what boxing needs. That's exactly what it needs. It needs the largest wake up call out of any major sport that exists. And I'm telling you right now man that kind of laziness this kind of laziness right here does no justice to the sport this man taking this gigantic platform and telling boxing fans that they're that 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 they've lost out that they should be sad disappointed that they should give up on the sport because of two promoter two of the the two promoters in boxing that are up number 1 number 2 I don't know what order for promoter of the year yeah. sitting down to make a fight sitting down to make a fight they have the, these two, K2 and Golden Boy, have already given us, other than the shenanigan and, 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 and the ridiculous circus that was May 5th, they gave us Golovkin Lemieux. Yes. It was the most desired fight outside of Alvarez and Cotto. Oscar de La Jolla has risen from the ashes. Mm-hmm. He is the phoenix of boxing this year. Okay. And to go on a blatant attack against this guy who's doing more right now. Then the man that sits behind the curtain that won't even face the media, that's too afraid to face the media, sitting behind a curtain, sending fighters out to represent his cash grab mm-hmm. and the gigantic Ponzi scheme that is. Where's the investigative reporting on that? Oh, that's right. I forgot. We live in an era of... Political correctness. We can't say what we want to say anymore. We're not allowed to say what we want to say anymore. Because if I write something too controversial, if I write something that's going to make people feel uncomfortable, oh, my my, uh, fight or flight instincts kick in. I have to protect myself. You know what I mean? I have to protect my job. Because... I've made it to the pinnacle of boxing journalism, Mm -hmm. and I like to watch fights. So now I must protect this at all costs, and if that means writing puff pieces for the powers that be so I can have good relationships with these people, that all they are doing is using my platform and using me, telling me how great I am as an individual so they can regurgitate their narrative onto your gigantic platform.
0: I'll tell you what would be the the way to handle this is... This guy is the king of, of one of the kings of, in boxing media per, trying to protect his job and, and play in sides. Pull his fucking credential for this fight. Loeffler, De La Hoya, pull it. Say, you got a problem with this? We'll see you uh, at home watching the fight because you won't be sitting ringside. Yeah. I, honestly. And that's, that's what these guys are here to protect. Their right to just be a part of fight weekend, You know, at the fight, the weigh-in, all this access. Pull his shit. Make him not a part of the biggest fight of boxing next year, because he obviously's pissed off about it. He doesn't even want to go if it's in if it's in September. He's already lost, so just pull it. He doesn't deserve it.
1: No, he doesn't deserve it, dude. You know this is just this right here is 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 one of these things that honestly, man, if it was not for you know if it wasn't for the just ridiculous idiocy and the misuse of the platforms that these people use, man. I'm not so sure that, you know, honestly, that I would keep going on and trying to make this show a little bit better each time. It's the inspiration and the fire that's needed to spark the conversation. I honestly and truthfully, for very few of you out there know who I am. Vince and I have known each other for 20 years, okay? I don't give a shit about political correctness. Nope. I don't give a shit about hurting your feelings. Because you sure as hell don't give a shit about hurting mine or hurting Vince's or going on the attack against anybody else that has a strong opinion. And as long as this show exists, I'm sorry. This is the kind of conversation that we're going to have. And it's going to be consistent. And until somebody – look, we don't have the access to go in and to ask these questions. And as soon as you ask a simple question – everybody's penis gets, they, they, they suck right up into their fucking stomachs. You know what I mean? They do Their fucking dicks shrivel up and they all go running into a hole. You're right. You're exactly right, man. It's pathetic. It is, you know, I don't know, man, I get real, real, real disappointed, um, you know, in the state of things when, you know, there are people that are literally at work trying to trying to make this sport better, you know? And while Oscar De La Hoya has his faults, and I'm sure K2 hasn't always done everything perfect, you know what I mean? But what they're doing is something more than anybody else out there right now. And the other side of the fence, obviously the one that this man has aligned himself with, there is this product that is being force-fed to everybody that if you don't buy into the concept that it's free, and if you don't understand that, that's the best reason in the world that you should watch this, and that this is going to be what we give you, regardless of what your opinion is. And you're gonna shit on anybody that has an opinion regarding that. You know what I mean? If that's who you align yourself with, mm-hmm. sorry, man. Yeah, I don't. I want nothing to do with you. No, no, absolutely not, man. Just an absolute disgrace to the sport of boxing, an absolute disgrace. But thank you, thank you, Kevin Ioli. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, show's over, Vin. I'm I'm just so depressed from yeah, I know this fight not happening in May. I'm just gonna I'll see you guys later.
0: <laughs> Ken, come back, please, please come back. Boxing wants you back, Ken. I can't handle it. <laughs> Oh man, he he can't have much longer. He really can't. We can't have to hear this bullshit for much longer from him. I I, I mean, come on.
1: Oh, oh, that was the most depressing moment of my life right there. <laughs> I can't wait till September. All right, so the um the fight that Kevin Ioli just tried to uh one of the fights that he just tried to take a gigantic dump on yeah which is actually going to be. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, pretty awesome. Looking forward to it. HBO Boxing After Dark this Saturday night in a loaded fight card from the Turning Stone Casino in Verona, New York. Bryant, Jennings, Luis, Ortiz. Bye-bye, Jennings, King Kong, Ortiz. For is interim WBA heavyweight strap. This is a battle of top 10 heavyweights. It's an interesting matchup, Vince. Okay? We have two guys in Jennings and Ortiz. That are considered to be um, Jennings, a tough guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. An athlete, strong, determined. Right. Luis Ortiz, skilled, dangerous, powerful.
0: Yeah. That that when you the first thing you think about in this fight is the disparity between the two. You look at Brian Jennings and you go, you watch him fight and you go, man, there doesn't there doesn't seem to be much to his game, but he's just got grit. He will he will not stop. He's not the greatest boxer. He doesn't throw the smoothest punches. Doesn't have the best footwork, but he is athletic, and he's quick. On the other hand, you got Ortiz, who's, man, we see, minus the competition that he's faced, which hasn't been that great, he looks excellent in every fight, and he has pure boxing ability for an absolutely just beast of a man. Mm-hmm. I mean, a complete beast. My biggest question with Ortiz coming into this fight is can the dude go 12 rounds? Uh, and can the dude go 12 rounds in a tough fight against a guy like Brian Jennings, who we know that dude, it, his stamina is going to be there all day. I mean, he's in immaculate condition all the time. Uh, this one scares me for our boy, man. It really does.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Ortiz can go 12. No. Uh, I, I I don't. Unless, unless he comes in in some kind of shape, we haven't seen him in yet you know what i mean yep that he trains um you know i've been reading a lot about his camp and how he's you know, gonna be in the best shape of his life for this fight and you know he knows the value of it and this that and the other um but at the end of the day let's remember that he is 36 years old yep okay um and he's a gigantic gigantic man he's got reportedly over 350 amateur fights okay jesus yeah so the guy's got a lot of experience underneath of him Bryant jennings is a tough guy um Here's the thing, though, man. I have this crazy feeling that Luis Ortiz knows that he's not going to probably be able to make it past eight or nine rounds. Mm -hmm. And I think that Luis Ortiz tries to get Bryant Jennings out of there within six. And I think he's going to go for it. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit of tentativeness on Bryant Jennings' part. Probably there's going to be some some feeling out for, for the first round or two. I look for this fight to have some explosive exchanges. You know what I mean? Where the two are kind of circling each other. Mm-hmm. And it's not gonna, I don't think it's going to be one of these where they're standing toe-to-toe throwing because Luis Ortiz doesn't fight like that. Um, but I can honestly see these two kind of just like waiting and the tension building. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then I could see Luis Ortiz darting in for one of his just, just fluid, silky-smooth combinations that ends with an overhand left. And I'm looking, honestly and truthfully, Vince, um, all bias aside... I think Luis Ortiz is going to rip his head off. I think he's going to blast him out in six.
0: That would be what he needs. His career needs that because he needs a he needs a kickstart up to the next level. He has he doesn't have any named opponent. This gives him that. I mean, we saw Jennings surprise a lot of people in his last fight against Klitschko, but he just mucked it up. Yeah, he did. He mucked the fight up is what he did. He didn't really perform well as far as a from a boxing perspective. Uh, yeah, look, I my problem with this fight is. Jennings has got a beard. He can take a punch. And I know we, we say Ortiz is a beast of a puncher. I'll say this. If Ortiz doesn't get him out of there by six, this is Jennings fight. I think he wins the, he could win every round in the second half of this fight, just based on stamina and work rate. Mm -hmm. I God damn it. I don't want to say it, but I think Bryant Jennings wins a decision in this fight, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I hate to be so black or white either or on this, but I think I think you're right. I think it goes one of these two ways. Yeah. Um, I just think that Bryant Jennings is going to he's going to struggle with a six foot four southpaw yeah. with, with an eighty four inch reach.
0: And he look he's gonna Ortiz is gonna punch a lot more than Klitschko did. He's he's gonna, like you said, be wanting to get him out of there quickly, quickly. Can he withstand that? That's that's the thing. Ah, man, I, I, I flip-flopped on this fight so many times, I just think Jennings is going to win a decision. That's disappointing. I don't want to say that, but that's I, what I feel like is going to happen.
1: Yeah, I just, I you know, I don't know, man. I just think that there is a huge disparity in, in skill level in oh, this fight. yeah. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a guy from the Cuban school of boxing who is deathly pinpoint accurate.
0: Yeah, it's another fight like we had uh, last week. There's a guy who was... Born and bred to box, and then there's a guy who was turned into a boxer. Yep. So,
1: yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I cannot wait for this fight. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be awesome. It will be. Um, in the co-feature, the X Man Nicholas Walters, right? Hmm. Irmal back to take on Jason Sosa, but he's coming up to 130 uh, pounds for this fight. It's his first fight at junior lightweight. Um, Vince, is this going to be? Is this going to work to Nicholas Walters' favor here, being able to— I mean, it's only four pounds, right? Yeah. But I think what we noticed in his last fight against Miguel Mariaga um, was that I think that his he struggled in those last two weeks to try to make weight to be able to make that a title fight to retain his strap, Yeah. and I think it was pretty visible. If you miss weight by one pound, you get your belt stripped. That means you worked your ass off to try— to make that weight, and I think what we saw was a Nicholas Walters who did not have all of his devices, and I think that that extreme weight cut for him really, really took away from his power.
0: Uh, I'm I'm right with you. I mean, your body, there's there's physical limitations, man, you know, and uh, good for him for being smart enough to say, you know what, I, I don't have another pound to give you. This is I, I'm I'm take my belt. I'm coming in at this weight. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, and I think you're exactly right. I think it cost him in that fight. It cost him with punch output, power. Cost him with everything. I mean, you you suck down like that. It's going to kill you, man. Even mentally too. <clears throat> so yeah, I would expect him at this weight to be back to the ax man. Jason sosa's is an
1: interesting fight for him, though.
0: He is. He is now. It is a big step up for him, though.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Um. You know, look, man, at the end of the day, I think that Nicholas Walters is, is the superior fighter here. Yeah. Okay, and I think that Walters, um, I, I think he has something to prove because I feel like if there are any of the top fighters in boxing this year that aren't associated with the PBC, who I think across the line, minus, you know, maybe Sean Porter and, um, you know, maybe Andrew Fonfara. Yeah. Those may be the only two PBC fighters whose stock didn't decline. Yeah. You know? Um, Nicholas Walters' stock declined because of what happened with the Mariaga fight. People yeah. were were looking forward to because the next fight was the Lomachenko fight for the unification, you know? Mm-hmm. And that kind of ruined everything, and, it, and you know, it always does. It, it it doesn't matter how likable you are, really. I think that when a fighter loses his belt on the scales, uh, I think, you know, regardless of what guys like Kevin Ioli want us to think about, you know, belts and championships, at the end of the day... Boxing without without championships is an exhibition sport that I have no interest in watching.
0: Yeah, I mean, come on, the boxing is the it's the pageantry of it. It gives you that extra like you're fighting for something other than just pride. It it definitely fucking matters, man. Now, do they make ridiculous decisions and do dumb shit all the time? Yeah, yeah sure, but you still want to see a, a belt involved in a fight. Yes, a world a world championship belt. Yes, um,
1: yeah. I think I think, no pun intended. I think. Nicholas Walters has an axe to grind. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) 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 The axe man, Nicholas Walters. Um, Yeah, man, hear me now. Walters, by way of, I think he's a knock him out in the seventh round.
0: I got him KO5. I just think, Jason, look, a lot of people have Sosa as a live dog in this fight. I just, I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing a Nicholas Walters who's got something to prove. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think we're going to see a thunderous just, just, probably overhand right to just yeah.
0: seal the deal, yep.
1: you know? Um, all right, let's keep going here. King Gabe Rosado steps in <clears throat> to the ring. He just refuses to go away, huh? Refuses to go away against Joshua Clarty. Um This is a tough guy that, that, that Gabe Rosado st- uh stepping in the ring here. Gabe Rosado, and he's fought everybody, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's, he's got a, uh, a, you know, he's like the... Um, the Darnell Boone of the, uh, of the junior middleweight, middleweight division. He certainly is. Except, here's the thing. Gabe Rosado has a serious problem with his eyes. And he cuts very, very badly. He's stepping into the ring with Joshua Clotty. I don't care about his age. You know, yes, he's, he's up there in age. If there's one thing that we know about Joshua Clotty, is that this dude is one tough son of a bitch. He fought back-to-back fights, back-to-back-to-back fights, against Zab Judah, Miguel Cotto, and Manny Pacquiao between 2008 and 2010. Back-to-back decisions, going the distance, with Cotto and Pacquiao. In 2010, nobody was surviving Manny Pacquiao Mm-mm, fights.
0: And a lot of people, you know, I, I put that close fight closer to a draw, but a lot of people will tell you that Claudia beat Cotto.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the score cards where well, we had two score, one uh uh let's see, it was a split decision. I mean yeah. so so Clody won one of the cards one fourteen to one thirteen. Yeah. And, and 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 one of the ones for Cotto was one fifteen, one twelve. Yeah. Um yeah, this is an interesting fight, man. I, you know, we we've talked about Joshua Cloty before about how he just doesn't doesn't seem to throw enough punches. No. And Rosado's gonna have a considerable size advantage in this fight. Considerable size advantage. You know for you know we've always talked about Gabe Rosado's record being misleading but I think that there he shows spurts of really good classical boxing where he's able to box behind the jab. I think he could jab Joshua Clady to death, keep him on the end of the jab all night long. Um and I think that he can win just by sheer volume.
0: Yeah, if if he can move and box and throw let's say 40 plus punches around, he's going to be out, he's gonna, His punch output is going to be almost twice what Claudie's is probably. So you're, you're giving yourself a very good chance to win. I don't think there's any way that Cloudy can hurt Rosado. There, there's just no way. I mean, we've seen him in the ring with the biggest punchers in boxing. I know Lemieux dropped him a couple times and Golovkin dropped him, but we've never he, – he takes a punch with the best of them. He yeah, really does. Yeah.
1: I, you know, look, look. if if Gabe Rosado can just avoid infighting with this guy and stay away from the uppercut, mm-hmm. I think it will be fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm right with you. I think he boxes his way to a decision win against an old Cloudy. Yeah, I do too. I got King
1: Gabe Rosado uh, by uh, unanimous decision. Um, okay, now we're talking about something that could result into absolute, absolute chaos. Uneski Gonzalez versus Vyacheslav Szebranski. Breaking Szebranski is the energizer bunny of boxing. Yes, he is. He is man. constantly moving. Constantly moving. UNESCO Gonzalez defies the logic of the Cuban boxer. Yeah. My boy is He's a brawler, isn't he? Yeah, he looks like Panthro from the Thundercats. I mean bald head, <laughs> just big, muscular. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Thundercats references. That's right. I don't know if he has a nunchucks or uh, you know, or a thunder tank that he drives around in.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah,
1: Panthro was the black guy, but they made
0: him blue. Oh, of course they did. Yeah, and the Thundercats. Yeah, Everything the, was racist back then. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was, Japan, it was uh, Japanese animation, man. Sure it
0: was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Thundercats. Oh. Um, yeah, UNESCO. I don't know where this came from. UNESCO, Gonzalez, Vyacheslav, Shabransky. Man, this is two just forces that are just going to collide, man.
0: Yeah, talk about, I mean, I-, I can't think of a more 50-50 fight that we've tried to preview this year. I really don't know where to go with this. I mean, Gonzalez's performance in his last fight against Pascal was something that I think none of us expected, and a lot of us think that he won. Oh, I, I mean,
1: definitely, yeah, I, I, I absolutely, I think I had that. Uh, uh, I, I, honestly, I think I had a ninety-six, ninety-four for Gonzalez.
0: Yeah, and all, and every card was ninety-six, ninety-four the other way for Pascal, and I, I'm right with you. He won that fight by two or three points. Easy, easy. Shabransky is a different. Different animal though, boy. He really is. I mean, that dude has some thunder in his right hand. Ah, and we saw Gonzalez get stumbled a couple times by by Pascal. He he definitely was rattled a few times in that fight.
1: The thing that is it, what is really a wild card to me, Vince, is that Shabransky. I don't know what the hell he was doing smoking. I don't know what he was doing the day of the fight against Paul Parker. But I was sitting there watching that fight, and him he gets dropped twice. I mean, right out of the gate. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. But the, the the crazy thing is it just kind of goes to show, you know, this guy's resiliency. He gets dropped twice in the first round comes back and just knocks the guy out in the third round.
0: Yeah. Blast him out.
1: So yeah. While I think that Shebranski, see, look, his motor, his high octane, just constant, just, just, he, he is just a ball of kinetic energy, right? Yeah. Um, I think it, could possibly go against him in this fight, uh, going against a guy that is so physically imposing like Uneski Gonzalez. Um, for some reason, I just don't know if Vyacheslav Shabransky is going to have enough to take on Panthro, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and, just, and just knock him out. I, I just I don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, can he keep that pace up for eight of the ten rounds? Because that's probably what it's going to take for him to beat Gonzalez. We know Gonzalez is going to be there. He's been in a fight that long against tough op- against tough op- tougher opponents than Shabransky's faults yet. Ah. It's a tough one to pick, man. It really is. I think Gonzalez wins a unanimous decision in this fight. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Um... But I would not be surprised to see Shabransky TKO him in the second round. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I, look, this fight has every ingredient to be, yeah,
0: a fight of the year. Tune in early because this is probably the first fight televised. I would think. I don't, uh, I don't no, well, know. I don't
1: even know. No, HBO Latino is doing the undercard. That's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So they're they're, they're going to have a bunch of these. I think. So I, I'm pretty sure all of them, maybe even the next fight, the Uri Gamboa fight, I, yeah. is, is is going to be televised on HBO Latino as well. Um, which I think is great. I think HBO utilizing HBO Latino to broadcast some of these undercards, it it was an underused platform um, under the last regime.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, we see it with the UFC. We saw it last weekend. They give you three hours of preliminary fights before their pay-per-views. They get you built up for it and ready to go.
1: I mean, if they didn't do that, if it, I mean honestly, if 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 the UFC did not do that last weekend, nobody ever sees
0: the Uriah Faber fight. No, and that was an awesome fight. Yeah, well, it's probably the second best fight of the entire night. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, no, so it's 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 definitely, um, definitely a great great game plan for HBO to utilize HBO Latino like that. But yeah, I'm not sure. No, I think that the uh, I think that the Walters and the Jennings Ortiz fight are definitely the um, the two. That are, uh, that are being billed, because I think the man is actually on the, the poster. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyways, Uneski-Gonzalez, Vyacheslav-Shebranski. I'm so up in the air about this, man, but I just see UNESCO gonzalez winning this fight. A split decision, hellacious fight, close, 115-113s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just, uh, are, I'm just, i sorry, this is going to be a, uh, a 10-rounder. So something close to a draw, tipping the scales towards UNESCO gonzalez Right. Yeah, that's all I'm going for on this one. Yuri Gamboa, another Cubano joins the party. It is a Cuban festival. Yeah, it is. In, in upstate New York. Um, versus Highland Williams. Yuri Gamboa, man, it's so crazy to think. You just it's almost like you just woke up and this guy's thirty three.
0: I know. What a waste of a career. He just doesn't fight enough, man. Does not fight enough and is so friggin' talented, man. I mean, we we may come to find out in the three years <clears throat> from now that he gave Terrence Crawford the toughest fight of his career. You know what I mean? Yeah. For four or five rounds, he gave Crawford all he could handle. Yeah,
1: yeah, but you know, this is the story of athletics. It's not unique to boxing. About no. wasted talents, about no. guys that come out and show you these flashes of brilliance and then just disappear. Yep. Uh, Yuri Gamboa had everything out there in front of him, and I, I honestly and truthfully, I think if Yuri Gamboa stays the course, I think if he stays consistent, fights on a regular basis, never signs with Fifty Cent, right? Doesn't just throw his career away. I don't think he ever fights Terrence Crawford because I don't think he ever has to go to lightweight.
0: No, yeah, he he went looking for that fight for a payday because he'd been out of the ring for so long.
1: Well, and I and and yes, that, and I think also, I don't think he could make weight anymore. I think he had to move up in weight, a weight class he has no business being in whatsoever mm-hmm. because he didn't fight and he got old. And what happens when you're not training year-round and you get old, you gain weight. Yep. You know, look at us.
0: Speak for yourself, man.
1: Tons of fun. <laughs>
0: festively plump <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah,
1: tis the season to be jolly <laughs> oh man oh man uh, yeah so this is kind of a foregone conclusion hopefully yuri gamboa puts some fireworks on display
0: yeah yeah i think this is set up for a uh a yuri showcase ko
1: yeah yeah no doubt about it all right so that'll do it for hbo boxing after dark turning stone casino uh tune into hbo set your DDRs. it's gonna be an awesome night to close the year Earlier in the day, Showtime International Boxing picks up um, Irish Andy Lee against Billy Joe Saunders for the WBO Middleweight Championship of the World. Andy Lee is has just revitalized his career. Yeah, My boy has been on the precipice of retirement, disaster, mediocrity, irrelevance for the last year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. And... Now is the WBO middleweight champion.
0: And really, I'm gonna tell you right now. He's one of my favorite fighters right now, man. Like when he fights, I I I I pull for this guy so bad. Because we said it in a couple episodes ago. We were there for what we thought was the end of Andy Lee when he fought John Jackson on the uh the Kodo uh Martinez Martinez undercard. And just to come back and, and take a fight in Korobov that at the time people were kind of ducking Koroboff and a little scared of what he could do drops him has a great fight with Peter Quillin, which i think he won the fight but so do i it, it was a draw whatever fair enough it was a close enough fight you ain't going to you're not going to argue that this guy is just how can you not like him man how can you not like him he, he's everything about this guy is the, it's the epitome of what boxing is the dude just didn't give up he refused to he refused to give in He's come back, and he's fought his way into some huge fights. This is probably one of the biggest fights he's had in his career. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a huge fight over there.
1: Yeah, it's a huge fight. And, you know, Billy Joe Saunders is one of these guys who, um, you know, he's he's a very just, you know, he's a traditional boxer, man. You know what I mean? He's a southpaw. Mm-hmm. He fights behind a jab. Uh, very classic, very traditional U.K. fighter. Um, very difficult, you know. Anytime you fight a classic southpaw, I mean, it's a tough task for anybody. Yeah. I mean, we saw the confusion that he posed to Chris Eubank. You know, Chris Eubank stepped into that fight, and I think he just saw, you know, I think he just saw some, you know, some unathletic-looking white guy that I think he thought that he was just going to go out there and uppercut into oblivion. <laughs> and, um, you know, and the reality was, is that while the scorecards were pretty close in that fight, you know, Billy Joe Saunders just outboxed him. Yeah. And he... That is the trouble of fighting a classic Southpaw. I don't care what level you are. We've seen it throughout time where guys that are superior in strength and in, in athleticism just take a fight that they, that they should win on paper, mm-hmm. right, against a Southpaw that is tricky, cagey, crafty, and get befuddled. They get confused. This is the confusion about this fight for me, for Andy Lee. Now, while Andy Lee is is he is experienced, he's gritty, he's been through the grinder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is that, is Billy Joe Saunders the things that makes him so so confusing for so many other fighters going to be able to give Billy Joe Saunders an advantage? And the answer is no, because Andy Lee is a southpaw. Yeah, and so that negates it right there. And I actually think it sets Andy Lee up or exactly what he needs to do to win this fight. Oh, he wants to land that big right hand. Absolutely. And fighting a southpaw will give him an opportunity to land the right hand. It's going to be tricky. There's going to be a little bit of do -do doing here. Sometimes the right hand gets landed easier when it is a southpaw versus um, an orthodox fighter. But I just think we're dealing with two different levels of experience. I think Andy Lee is a good enough boxer. Mm -hmm. Billy Joe Saunders does not have the power. Um, And that being said... I think that there is, you could probably fit a piece of paper in between these two guys' boxing skill abilities. I agree. Um, So the difference in this fight, when when guys are of equal uh, natural talent and craftiness, right, I think the difference here is the power, and I think Andy Lee possesses that. I think that there's at least a knockdown in this fight, and if it goes the distance, I think that that is going to be the reason why, that Andy Lee wins maybe a a 116-111 scorecard because of a knockdown.
0: I think this is where Billy Joe Saunders... Look, I'll, I'll agree with everything you just said 100%. But for some reason, I we just see, at least when I watch Billy Joe Saunders, I see a guy that he's not quick, he's not fast, he's just sneaky. His movements are smart. He's just a smart boxer. And I think he's going to be smart enough to beat Andy Lee in this fight and win a decision. I really do. You think so? It's going to be close as hell. He's going to have to avoid that right. Like you said, if he gets dropped, it's only going to take one... It's going to be very, very close fight. Andy Lee drops him. Andy Lee wins the fight, and that's what I say. Yeah,
1: you know what I mean. I think, I think for for my prediction for this fight, I think it is predicated off of Andy Lee dropping him. Yeah, I do. If, if, I,
0: if he does that, Andy Lee wins the fight.
1: Yeah, um, yep. So Andy Lee, Billy Joe Saunders. You know, it's going to be a great way to kick off an awesome day of boxing. Yeah, fully loaded, mm-hmm. fully loaded day of boxing. Um, no doubt about it. So, on the undercard real quick, we'll just touch on this real quickly. Liam Smith fighting Jimmy Kelly. Some people overseas seem to think that Jimmy Kelly's a live dog in this fight. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't really think Liam Smith's very good. No. Um, I think that he got served up a cream puff with with pogo stick legs. Yep. Um, so much so, this is how much I thought of Liam Smith going into that fight. I picked him to lose that fight against the guy that is, you know, had a nice little run. Mm-hmm that wouldn't be beating anybody legitimate anyways. I mean, look, no disrespect. I think Liam Smith's a tough kid. Mm -hmm. I think that he'll do well against the Jimmy Kellys of the world. Um, But I think that he is in the wrong division because he is surrounded by guys that just are completely superior to him athletically and power-wise. Yeah,
0: and really in boxing ability too. I mean, across the board. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Liam Smith's a tough guy, and I, you know, give him all respect in the world. He's a champion, but I think the the days are numbered for him wearing that belt. Yeah, I mean, he'll it, win this fight. Come on, Jimmy Kelly's uh, look. He's not going to give him that many problems. You would expect Liam Smith to win this fight pretty easily by decision.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know though. I mean, that's just it. I just don't think he's very good. I mean, no. You know what I mean, dude? I know why now he was smiling the entire fight against John Thompson because he's thinking during that fight, I cannot believe that I'm going to become a world title. I can't believe. I only got to beat this guy. I got to beat this guy. Cause I'm telling you right now, he would have lost to Michelle Soro, period. Oh,
0: yeah. Not, e- not even close. I,
1: it would have been pretty bad for this kid. We could be completely wrong um, about Liam Smith, but, uh, you know, He's going to have to keep right. fighting these guys if he wants to keep his belt.
0: Like Charles Barkley says, I may be wrong, but I doubt it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. Um, I think Liam Smith, if he ends up running into a guy like Julian Williams, I don't think the fight lasts very long. No. Um, okay, so we stay in Europe real quick. Shout out to our friends in Sweden. Uh, Eric Scoglin returns to the ring. And actually, this is going to be the biggest fight of his career against Derek Edwards. Derek Edwards has become the consummate gatekeeper kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what, man? Derek Edwards always has a puncher's chance. He does, and I don't think Eric Skoglund's very
0: good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Eric Skoglund's fought anybody that's near as good as Derek Edwards.
1: No, and he looked really bad. Uh, he, you know, I don't know, man. He's just look, look. look there's, there is something. I, I'm so glad that, uh, you know, that 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 Sweden was able to to finally host. I think it was what 35 years since they had or 45 years since they had hosted mm-hmm. um, a, a world. Uh, you know. A championship fight, um or maybe it was a boxing fight in general, I can't really remember to be honest with you our, our friends from Sweden will surely correct us on this one, but um, just watching film on him leading up to the preview of that triviak fight, I'll tell you what man um derek edwards is 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 experienced, and mm-hmm. you just gotta watch out. that's all I'm saying,
0: yeah if Derek Edwards is focused in shape, it's gonna be a tough night for Skoglund.
1: yeah, absolutely, but uh we'll see. we'll see good luck to the kid from uh from Sweden. I know uh, all of our friends um, in Sweden will be cheering for their man. All right, let's go ahead and bring it back to the States. Jojo Diaz, Hugo Partida. We just talked about Oscar Valdez, one of the best and brightest 126-pounders uh, in the world. This is one of the top prospects. Golden Boy has some gems. Yeah, they do. In, in some of these prospects. Guys that are dead serious about fighting, you know? Mm-hmm. Serious business with Jojo Diaz. You like Jojo Diaz? I,
0: I love Jojo Diaz. I mean, it, you look at his last fight, he completely handled Ruben Tamayo. I mean, absolutely just wiped the mat with him in, in, in a clean sweep on all three cards. The kid has a ton of potential. Absolutely. I mean, this, the sky is the limit. And I mean, how good would it, would it be to see Jojo Diaz and Oscar Valdez in two years mix it up?
1: it'd be awesome yeah. you know and and then you got to think Julian Ramirez is going to be mixed into that in, yeah. into that fray as well i mean there's some young 126 pounders you know i think you know in talking to to Julian he he would feel more comfortable his power would translate more at 122 so he, i think he wants to stay at 122 yeah. but i mean yeah these guys on a collision course you know mexican olympian american olympian 2012 uh, us olympic team jojo diaz part of that team that that didn't medal but you know, that 2012 Olympic team is, is produced from pretty good pros.
0: Oh, yeah. And how
1: far those professionals will go is yet to be seen. Uh, but Jojo Diaz has the, has the potential, and I know the the the, the PBC sycophants out there and um, even those that are just beat to the idea of of, of Errol Spence. I, I hate to say it, man. Jojo Diaz may be the best out of that 2012. You know, Errol Spence, the sky's the limit. But Jojo Diaz is being brought up properly. Yes. Errol Spence is being fed ding-dongs, and they're just going to just throw him into a championship fight because they think he's God. Right. Jojo Diaz is stepping up over and over and over again. They're building him. I've seen Jojo Diaz literally go from fighting, I would say, I think it was the Raul Hidalgo fight, Mm -hmm. where I saw a kid who was throwing combinations that he learned in practice. Right. And... Wasn't really looking at the target. Was kind of just throwing stuff that he had worked on. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem concerned with um, changing up speeds on his punches. Yeah, you know, I didn't see him following his opponent properly. I didn't see him spinning out properly. What I saw was him doing all these things kind of in the wrong order or at the wrong timing. Right. But unbelievable hand speed, unbelievable athleticism. He's in the same class athletically as Oscar Valdez no no doubt about that whatsoever really just blurred blurring hand speed from this kid I saw him go from then in in 2014 to now in that short period of time but the thing is the kid fought six times yep you see what I'm saying that's That's what it takes that's what it takes you can't take a guy like Errol Spence crown him the next Sugar Ray Leonard right throw him in against cream puffs, and fight him three times a year. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen any changes in Errol Spence from the day we started watching him as a pro to now. Nothing's changed. No. Jojo Diaz went from that kid I watched in that Ra- Raul Hidalgo fight, right, to the Tamayo fight. Tamayo, a guy that gave Oscar Valdez fits. Yes, he did. Gave him absolute fits to putting it seemingly all together now. He's yeah. at that point where all those things I saw him kind of doing the <laughs> kind of out of order. Yeah. It's all... Starting to fall in line for one
0: JoJo Diaz. Amazing how that works when you do it properly, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's exciting, man. Um, Really, really exciting for this kid going after his first title, albeit an NABF title, but you got to win those if you want to get to the top.
0: That's where you start, buddy.
1: So big up to JoJo Diaz. Tune in, uh, Ring TV uh, online. Um, It's also on Australia TV if you get that. PBC on Spike. Save the best for last.
0: Of course. Yippee.
1: It's a TMT card, son. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, De- uh, Dennis Shavakov scores off against rancid Barthelomy. For don't the, care. For the, <laughs> for <laughs> the vacant uh, IBF lightweight title. Then you don't care?
0: I, I really don't. No. no neither do I. I. I really don't. I mean, I, there's one fighter on this card that I care about watching, and that's young Gravante Davis, and I don't even know if it's going to be televised. So, <laughs> you well, Hold on, man.
1: I know right now that you are frothing at the E. Shay Smith Tommy Renown fight.
0: I will stream that fight. Yes, <laughs> I, I'll find it somewhere. I will watch that fight. There's no doubt about it. Give me, <laughs> give me a fucking break, Mickey Bay son. Oh,
1: hold on a second. I want to talk about this for a second, okay? Um, Mickey Bay, you know, look. I, well, first of all, I'm pulling this up. I do 100% agree with you about Javante Davis. I think that he's a special talent. I don't know if he's what Floyd Mayweather would tell you he is. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not real sure about that because I think he's just so damn young. Um, you know, but he, he does seem to have all the tools. He's a compact little bulky dude. Yeah. And he kind of actually reminds me a little bit of Yuri Gamboa. Yeah, yeah, he does. You know, uh, very, very similar in, in stature. I want to know about what the hell happened. Mickey Bay went from winning the IBF belt that he had, right? So he goes from winning... Um, he beats Miguel Vasquez in just a fight that made you want to just literally take a fork and just jam it in your eye oh my God. while you're watching it
0: for the IBF lightweight title. That was an absolutely disgusting fight. Well,
1: Miguel Vasquez is a, a disgusting fighter to watch. Yeah. Um, so he wins this belt, and then he's supposed to go to China, right, and take the belt overseas and fight. I think he was supposed to fight. It went to purse bid. He was only going to make, like, a little bit of money, and they were going to send him. And he was like, no, nah, I ain't going to China. He's like, I, I, you know, I'm not taking that amount of money. So he vacates his world title, probably the only one he will ever sniff in his entire life. The thing that made him relevant. I'm telling you right now, if he keeps that title, so what? Go to China and get underpaid. Right. Big Papa Owl's got your back, son. Yeah. All the crap and the people that you and I and everybody that watches this show, the guys that none of us have ever heard of that are headlining pbc card these guys are ahead on national television in the freaking media capital of the world the united states of america where more tv coverage and sports is more lucrative than anywhere else on the fucking planet by a long shot this dude would have been on main event top a side
0: tuesday night fights he would have been headlining i'm sure
1: Dude, I, he would have been headlining the damn PBC on NBC with the shit they're putting on now. You're probably right. And now he vacated that belt, and he is listed fourth on this fight card under Dennis Shavakov and Rancid Barthelomy. Yeah, Why?
0: I, what kind of fucking advice is that? Uh, man? man, it's terrible. It's absolutely horrible. You know, I was kind of interested in this fight at first glance because I looked down and saw, thought I saw Liam Neeson. <laughs> and I thought Liam Neeson was going to beat the shit out of Mickey Bay, but no, it's Liam <laughs> Nelson.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Neil Nelson. (laughs) Unbelievable how just like he's like, I don't want to go to China, man, now. Yeah, I'm too good for that. Yeah, I ain't going to China. Shit, (laughs) take this belt. But seriously, man, I mean, look, I I don't know, dude. If he keeps that belt, Papa Al could have fed him three schleps.
0: Oh, my God. He could
1: have made bank. How much do you think he's making for this fight? 50,000?
0: Yeah, probably. If that, if that. I don't know though. these PBC, PBC guys get overpaid. So who the hell knows? He might be getting two hundred fifty k. Who knows? <laughs> Fucking dorks.
1: Oh, man, oh man, oh man. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, honestly, I don't really feel like previewing this. Uh, There's no point. Yeah, nobody's uh, gonna watch.
0: What you're not gonna watch, Isaiah Isaiah Thomas, son? Is he is he playing Magic Johnson in a throwback one on one game in basketball? Because no, I'm no, not. no. He's fighting Murat Gassayev.
1: No, nah, no, nah. not
0: interested. It
1: was funny. Isaiah, this Isaiah Thomas actually looks older
0: <laughs> than, than, than the old man.
1: Yeah. than the Indiana point guard who uh, went on to lead the Pistons, to back-to-back NBA championships. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah this dude looks like he's like 52. I honestly didn't even know who Isaiah Thomas was.
1: Isaiah, son, he plays for the Celtics.
0: Oh yeah. Junior. Oh, junior. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's fighting tonight. Okay. <laughs>
1: He plays for the Celtics. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who gives a shit? TMT, son, for life. <laughs> for life. Um, news and notes, and we'll get out of here. Arthur Abraham, Gilberto Ramirez, top rank, and Team Sauerland, have begun negotiations for an early 2016 scrap for the WBO 168. Uh, Team Abraham wants to fight in Germany. Top rank's trying to bring the fight stateside to have it on HBO.
0: Let's have it in Germany. And you want to take the old man's belt? Take your ass over to Germany and take it from him.
1: Yeah, and freaking Max Kellerman and Jim Lampley can get their lazy asses on an airplane and go sit ringside and call the fight on HBO. Please, please. Stop calling it from your TV sets, because if you're going to do that, I'd
0: rather do it. Where are they going to sell this fight in America? Where are they going to sell it? In Germany, it will be, there'll be 18,000 tickets sold. It'll be sold out. In America, eh, they might get five or six. Maybe Gilberto Ramirez is not a name in the States. So who gives a shit? Why would you do it here? (laughs) It makes no fucking sense. Go to Germany, be a man, go to Germany and take the belt. Yeah, I agree. They're,
1: they're negotiating this. If I'm Abraham, I'll be like, no, unless you're coming to Germany, there is no negotiation. Yes. And dude, Arthur Abraham, honestly, I, I, I don't care about the disparity. We've talked about this a little bit, the size and all this stuff, this fight in Germany what we've seen from Gilberto Ramirez, I'm not real sure he stays on our prospect list anymore. Mm-mm. Especially the fact that he's coming into a to a potential title fight. But on top of the fact, man, I've seen a kid that is just all over the place. Arthur Abraham is got his shit down to a formula. Yeah. Every fight, he 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 uses the same formula. We use the same opening theme song and the same intro. And we tried he's got the same script we
0: got. I'm going to
1: win seven or eight rounds. Exactly. Guaranteed. I'm going to sit on the ropes in a high earmuff guard for the first minute and 45 seconds, and then I'm going to come stalk you and rock you with this huge right hand. Yep. And I'm going to impress the judges and win that round. Yep. And steal it from you while you exhaust yourself. Uh, I hope the fight happens. I do, too. And I hope it's on HBO, really, because it'll just be interesting to see this gigantic Mexican against this short, German guy. Yeah. You know? Um, Okay. And you know what? I think that'll do it for this show, Ben. But let's go ahead and close episode 93 with a memorable quote. Perhaps this will be the first award for 2015 year-end awards. To open the award season, the quote of the year goes to Jean Pascal. I am going to break up the party and fight Ward or Stevenson next but Stevenson is just a chicken. I named him a Duckness Chickenson because he is a chicken, and right now he is Canada's national chicken. <laughs> uh, nickname of the year, quote of the year, John Pascal it. for creating the greatest nickname
0: in boxing today. Gotta love it, man. That is awesome.
1: A Duckness Chickenson, Canada's national chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should do commercials. Jean Pascal should take. A cut of his purse from the Kovalev fight, and do a commercial like make, a like like
0: a Purdue commercial. Make some shirts or something.
1: Oh man, I love it. <laughs> I'm love buying. It. I'm buying one. We, we dude, we should make some shirts and put them on the site. Some of Duckness Chickenson, some Al side piece. <laughs> make some bank, son. What are we doing? I don't know. I think we're doing the wrong thing. Making you, making YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah, it's going well, huh? Yeah. Would you get three dollars last month? I, I think we have at least maybe. Four or five years until it becomes uncool for two middle-aged guys to be doing, <laughs> to be doing YouTube videos. <laughs> That's all right. Maybe our friends, if we start talking good about Eric Skoglund, maybe our friends in Sweden will get us to hire us to come over there and, uh, and do fights. <laughs> we'll hit up Mr. Nelson at HBO and be like, listen, man, Lampley and Kellerman don't want to travel. <laughs> hey, I got my, my freaking uh, passport, suitcase already packed, ready to go. Let's do it. We'll sit ringside <laughs> and do it. We'll do it in German or beat up Spanish, whatever you want. Hey,
0: right? I'll do it for
1: free. <laughs> do it for me. All right. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it for episode 93 as always. Great fun. Indeed. Um, Vin, we got one more episode, my friend, uh, one post fight to close 2015. And then it becomes time to, uh, close it with some exciting 2015 awards.
0: Yeah. I love them shows, man. Can't wait for those.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have coming your way um, we have a prospect show, the pound-for-pound pound list, countdown, fighter of the year, fight of the year, knockout of the year. Our first award winner, <laughs> Jean Pascal, a <laughs> duckness chickenson. He is Canada's national chicken. Um, <laughs> we'll be back in just a few days, but you've been listening to The Pound for Pound King, The Tale of the tape here on TheBoxingRant.com. I'm your host, Kenny Keith. My co-host, Vince Cummings, follow him on Twitter, at VinceCummings81, and we'll be back in just a few days. But in the meantime, be sure to subscribe to The Boxing Rant YouTube channel today. We appreciate you all tuning in as we bring you The Tale of the tape video podcast get the audio version on itunes and hit us up let us know who your fighter of the year is we want to hear from all of you indeed thanks again for all of you taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in to the tale of the tape boxing podcast here on theboxingrant.com muchas gracias everybody